seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill them? If I did, there would be hundreds. it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started laughing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Anything uh, new with you? Nope. Same old with me. Well, oh, I have a true crime story of my own. Oh, what happened? Okay, so yesterday, you know, my parents live, like, away from cities. Yes. <laughs> they live, like, in a, what's the word? A mountain? Yeah. Like, they live a in commune. a... commune. No. Cult. No. Oh. Like a rural area. Rural? How do you say that? Yeah. 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 It's a weird word. It is a weird word. So yesterday, Kobe and I were driving to pick up Anarchy from my dog from their house. And you know the black gate? Yeah. So we pull over to enter the code to get in. And we notice on the left side... I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. Okay, so there's a creek on the left side. And we noticed there's a freaking car that went through the gate and threw a bunch of bushes into the creek. Did you check to see if there was any survivors? Yeah. So my my first thought was, okay, what if this is like a setup and we go and we go to see if anybody's in the car and like we get ambushed? Wow. You're, you're very paranoid. <laughs> I am so paranoid. That happens in Mexico. See, I'm ready. Yeah. But, yeah. So I was like, okay, Kobe, you go down there. I'm going to stay up here and Abandon I will. Abandon you if necessary. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I will run away if I have to. Um, so then Kobe goes down and he's like looking in the car and it's a super nice car. Huh. And there's nobody there, but there's like some beer bottles in oh. that fell out of the driver's side door and... So, like, nobody's around. And we're like, what the heck do we do? So, I came up with the hypothesis that the car was stolen. And somebody was, like, driving too fast and drinking and then crashed it and just bailed. Because there was also some footprints that led from the creek to the road. And then just, like, stopped. Like, they got picked up by somebody or something. Who would you call in that situation? If you crash a car? Yeah, a just friend. A friend. Yeah. Hey, come pick me up. I crashed the car. <laughs> you know, the one I stole recently? Yeah. Yeah, so so we're both like, what do we do? And I try to call the police, and I can't because we have no service down there. <laughs> so we're like, what do we do? So we take a bunch of pictures, and then Kobe looks around a little bit more to make sure there's nobody around us, and the footprints are dried out, and it looks... Kind of like they tried to put the fence back up so people wouldn't notice. Oh. Like they crashed the car and didn't want somebody to notice. So I'm like, oh, it like this is really weird. So we go up to my parents and talk to them. And <laughs> my mom comes down to like look at it with us. And so it turns out earlier in the day, there's like this, uh, not high-speed crowd, this high-speed car chase going through the back roads back there and they went 
and missed a turn and just went through the fence into the creek and the police had been aware and they like came and they got the guy and everything and they the tow truck just hadn't gotten there yet and more police were on their way but weren't there yet so what what you got there at, like, at the sweet spot between the guy crashing and being arrested and the tow truck and backup arriving yes isn't that oh, wild that's pretty weird but it was like really cool to experience because i was like oh my gosh <laughs> We came across this crime scene. What do we do? Did you take any photos? I have so many photos. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to post them, though, because they all kind of give the license plate. and. No, of course. And it it would, of course, give your location a little more easily. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But cool, though. But I'll show you the pictures. Yeah. Yeah, So it was pretty interesting. Um, But other than that, everything's the same in my life. Well, you know, that that can be good, too. Yeah. I mean, what, what else can we be doing right now? That's true. Apparently going to Mexico, since we both know a fair number of people who are vacationing right now. Yes, not us, though. (laughs) No, never. Yeah. Okay, so the story I researched for today, I couldn't find enough online to, like, feel comfortable about. So I actually ended up reading a book about it to get more information and the book is called Don't Tell a Soul by M. William Phelps. So that's where I pretty much got all my information for this case. Nice. Way to do your due diligence. Is he related to Michael? <laughs> Michael <laughs> <Phelps>. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yes. But before you start, uh, I'm kidding. That was a false. Oh. That was a false thing. Wow. Just go for it. Okay. Well, I will warn you this is not linear i did a lot of the research in a car writing it down and i am going to do my best but sounds good it is not linear okay let's do it all right we are going to start with a woman we're not going to start with a murderer she'll be introduced later okay we're going to start with a woman named cherry walker so she has A developmental disability. So she's 39, but she has the mental age of like between six and nine. So at age 39, she moved out of her parents' house for the first time into an apartment where she was getting help from a caseworker who's like helping teach her daily living skills and working on getting her, uh, what's the word? Like her independence? Yes, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So working towards her independence because her parents were getting older and they kind of were trying to look out for her future. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then in June of 2010, her parents were expecting her to meet them at church because it was Father's Day. And okay. she always went to church with them every Sunday. But she did not show up, and they were like, that's really weird. So they ended up going over to her apartment to see if they could find her. And her apartment was fine. It looked normal. It was clean. And her cell phone and her purse were gone. So they're like, okay, maybe she just, you know, missed it. Maybe she forgot. We'll check back in with her later. She has a lot of friends that she goes out with, you know, things like that. Yeah. Now... We're going back one day, June 19th. Okay. 
a pizza delivery driver had just pulled over after getting lost and he noticed this weird charred thing on the side of the road where he pulled over. And this all takes place in Texas, by the way. So he goes and is like, I'm going to go and check that out and see if it's just garbage. But he doesn't think it is. It's not. It was a dead body. And he immediately calls the police. And they come and... So he immediately calls the police and they come and they notice that there's tire tracks nearby. And... The body looked fresh. It had been dead less than 24 hours. And there's old garbage everywhere, except between the victim's body, there was fresh garbage, a little like coffee creamer cup and a straw wrapper from Chick-fil-A. So they start releasing information that a dead body had been found in like approximate age and weight, stuff like that to try and get people to come forward and by now a few days go by where she's not ID'd but Sherry's Cherry's mom notices on the news that a body had been found and she comes forward and says that her daughter's been missing and the body is identified as Cherry so who do you think they go to first? I would hope well, they already went to the police, so I'm not really sure. Oh, no, I'm next. sorry. <laughs> the police immediately go towards a guy she had been seeing. Oh. But it was never anything romantic. It was like a guy friend who she was close to. Okay. And the author wrote this interesting statistic that I'm going to read. One third of every female murder victims in the United States is done by her spouse, boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, or ex-spouse. Yeah. Not surprising. I mean, the cops have a saying, right? Whenever they find a murdered wife. Yeah. It's always the husband. Yeah. So. So this guy's name is Joe Mayo. Like mayonnaise, but mayo. A lot of food-related names in this story. Are these (laughs) aliases? Some of them are actually. Okay. That makes sense. I don't think Joe Mayo is. Joe Mayo? I think that's his real name. As in... You are mayo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because like in the actual court documents, it says Joe Mayo. So. Yeah. I guess John Doe was taken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also a food name. John Doe. Oh my gosh. How deep okay. does this go? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they interview him and he says that he absolutely adored Cherry and he de- he doesn't know she's dead at this point. Okay. Or at least like doesn't say he knows right um and he talks about how he's an aspiring singer and songwriter and he's gonna be famous one day and how cherry really supported him and came to his shows and everything so after this interview they're waiting to get a warrant to search his place and his car and all that stuff but while they're waiting they're like hey let's go check out her caseworker paula While interviewing her caseworker, they learn of a few more things. It turns out that Cherry had been hired by a woman named Kim to watch her young child, Timmy. The kid's name is an alias. He's six. So Paula talked about how Cherry first started watching little Timmy in December of 2009. 
And in Paula's notes, she took track of like when she would come over and Timmy was there. And Timmy was there for over half of December for like weeks at a time. And okay. and Cherry would talk about how whenever Timmy came over, he was wearing like dirty clothes and was always really hungry. And Cherry had like a little bit, it wasn't like diagnosed as OCD. She was like compulsively clean. Her house was spotless. She would buy cleaning supplies every time she went to the store, like even if she didn't need them. She was like the dream roommate. <laughs> and so she would always wash his clothes, iron them, and then like feed him. So she was she was a good caregiver, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Paula comes out to say that so the Friday before Cherry went missing, she got a subpoena. 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 Saying she had to testify against Kim based on on a child abuse case reported to Child Protective Services. So, Cherry doesn't even understand like what a subpoena is. So she immediately talks to Paula and her caseworker, and Paula's like, you have to testify about like what you've seen while you've been watching Timmy and anything that has you worried about him and stuff like that. And Cherry doesn't want to, and she doesn't get it. So she calls Kim while Paula's with her. And Kim immediately starts to be like, no, just ignore it. Like, you don't have to go and all this stuff. And Paula is like, no, you have to go or you can be held in contempt and all this stuff, you know? It gets bad if you don't just show up. So, I'm sorry, this is getting confusing, isn't it? Do you get it? Do you have any questions? I don't know how much of that is me being tired and how much of it is the story <laughs> all you need to know is cherry got a subpoena against kim yeah that that much i got perfect that's all you need so uh she's talking to kim and kim's like telling her not to show up so paula her caseworker is like let me talk to her and she tries to talk to kim and kim is telling her oh i'm doing this to protect cherry because the court just wants to embarrass her so she's like trying to turn the narrative into like i'm protecting cherry yeah and Paula's like, mm, I don't think so. And she hangs up on her. So I'm going to briefly go into who Kim is. She is a 43-year-old woman at this time who has been divorced three times. She has four children, each with a different guy. And her oldest kid has already been taken away from her by CPS. She's an LVN. What's that again? licensed vocational nurse oh okay it's like a step lower than an rn yeah but a I'm lot surprised. of yeah a lot of people use it as a stepping stone to be an rn but she just seemed to got it be an lvn so the one kid who was taken away from her by cps already she has to pay child support and if another one got taken away she'd have to pay more child support and she's a really she comes off as a really intelligent, well-spoken woman with that, like, Texas twang, you know? Mm. And she's attractive, for sure. She's petite. She's five... Uh, she's petite. She's 5'3 and, like, 120. So small, blonde, Texas woman, well-spoken. The American girl. The American girl, exactly. Okay, so then later the same day after the caseworker had hung up on Kim, Kim calls Cherry, like non-stop 
and she's like, I, Cherry, I want to take you to dinner and I want to pay you to come clean my house because Cherry loves to clean. And so Cherry calls Paula and she's like, hey, Kim called me and she's offered to take me out to dinner and also pay me to clean my house and all this stuff. And Paula's like, lock your door, do not answer your phone and do not go out with her because she is clearly trying to manipulate you to not testify. And Cherry's like, she, she's so, she can't like comprehend that she's being manipulated. Yeah. Yeah. So also Cherry's uh, 200 and I think it was 230 pounds and she loves food and eating out and stuff like that. So Kim was like playing on what Cherry likes to do. So Paula tells her, like, lock the door, don't go out. Then the next day, Cherry's just mysteriously missing, and her parents report her missing, and then later her body is identified as being burned. At this point, the police do get a warrant, and they go and they check Joe, but it's, like, pretty obvious he didn't have anything to do with it, so he's released. And they finally are able to move on completely to investigating this woman, Kim. It turns out Kim had told Cherry, well, okay, so Kim was originally having somebody in Cherry's apartment building watching Timmy, and then that woman wasn't able to do it anymore, and she found Cherry and asked her. Okay, this part, this part is crazy. Okay. So, Timmy's dad lived in the same apartment building as Cherry and the previous babysitter, but... Kim didn't want him knowing that somebody with developmental disabilities was watching Timmy. So she told Cherry that this man, Timmy's father, Cherry didn't know it was Timmy's father, that this man in Cherry's building was a bad man and that she had to make sure he never saw Timmy because he would do bad things. And so Cherry would, like, not let Timmy leave the apartment and, like, she even had a hiding spot for Timmy just in case in the apartment to protect him. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it, this woman sounds awful. Yeah. She, she was manipulating this poor Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> like at every turn. All right, so now we're on the investigation into Kim. So, the night that Cherry went missing was a Friday. Like the last time anybody saw her. And it turns out Kim had worked until 7.30 p.m. that night. And she had called Cherry, like, nonstop from, like, 7.30 to 8-ish. And then after that, no phone calls to Cherry. Like, ever again. So, her work with nurses and LVNs and stuff, sometimes they have to get a hold of somebody from a previous shift if, like, something wasn't documented correctly to double-check. And this person has to be available so her work called her and she always answered her phone before this always like it didn't matter the time or what but on this friday her work called her at eight o'clock with a question about her giving a medication and they called her non-stop until 12 30 that night so midnight and that is when she got back to them. So she was just gone from 8 to midnight. So the police go to her house to, like, have a 
interrogation with her, I guess. <laughs> and they, not, not to search her place? Well, they don't have a warrant yet because it's all pretty circumstantial. So they're waiting okay. on the warrant. So it was more to, more to just talk to her. Like mm-hmm. they can't go inside her house unless she says, yes, come in. I'll answer questions. Exactly. So they uh, go to their house, her house and they're like, hey, can yeah. we come in? <laughs> can we chat with you? And she's like, nope, you can call my lawyer. And she shuts the door in their face. So they set up a person to watch her house and she actually goes and harasses them. And she's like, I know you're watching me and like all this stuff. Like, why would you do that? Was it a cop? Like a uh, mm-hmm. plain clothes cop? It, yeah, like plain clothes. Yeah. Yeah, that seems a bit too brash. But on her part. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so they set a tail to watch her. And then she leaves that one day, harasses them, but then keeps driving. And then they pull her over because she doesn't make a complete stop. So it's like they're just trying to make her life miserable. Right. But they end up arresting her and impounding her car. And Hmm. you remember those tire prints that were at the scene? They match her car. Coincidence. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Hmm. Which, like, lets them get a warrant to see her house. And they go into her house, and it is disgusting. Like, worse than my brother's bathroom. <laughs> like, the whole house? Like, like, the app, but worse. Yeah. That would be awful. Like, there is moldy food everywhere. They talked about how, like, she had, um, there was a sauce container that just dropped on the floor and just, like, hardened. <laughs> Nobody picked it up. Jeez. There was, what else was there? Like, feces all over the toilet. Whoa, how? Why? Yeah, like, just disgusting. There was, the like, showers were unusable, like, super gross. But the outside of her house was immaculate. So it's like she cares about how she appears, but, like, Not, yeah. inside is complete, completely different. That is so odd. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she actually manipulated some guy to come and, like, take care of her yard and everything for free. How? So, I can't remember how she met him, but she met him and befriended him, and he's like a handyman, and she befriended him and his girlfriend, and she'd talk about how, like, as a single mom, and she was behind on her uh, property taxes and was really worried about it, and, like, how she she was working so much and she didn't have time to do it all, and, like, he offered to do it and she was always like oh I feel so bad I wish I could pay you (laughs) okay yeah yeah she was good at it she's good at what she did yep okay so in her house besides the like disgusting mess everywhere they found tennis shoes that had like the same dust that was around the dead body so like um I've never been to Texas, but I'm imagining... Have you been to Utah? No. Oh. Well, there's, like, this red dirt, and I'm imagining it's like that, and it just, like, sticks to everything. Huh. What what is it, like, clay residue? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they found that on the bottom of a pair of tennis shoes that matched the, like, dirt at the crime scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, odds are she was there at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. Still circumstantial. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is just because that dirt's like other places as well, but it does 
help. <laughs> yep. Um, there was a sheet in the washing machine that had been washed and had dark blood-like stains on it. Weird, right? I mean, her house is filthy. It could be... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Knowing her, she could have cut herself and just been like, ah, and gotten blood everywhere. And I mean, yeah, she could have. <laughs> yeah. Or it could have been from transporting a dead body. Where's the hard evidence, Danny? <laughs> this woman is innocent. Okay. So while... Before they can, like, arrest her for anything else, she's actually arrested for child abuse, which is the case that Cherry had been subpoenaed for. Yeah. So she's arrested for that. Just disclaimer here, I'm going to mention child abuse. She uh, she had regularly choked her kids and slapped them and just did like awful stuff like that. And one at one point, she took a belt and wrapped it around one of her kids' throat and like choked them that way. So like that's that's the kind of stuff she did. Not not great. I'm not going to go into further into it cuz it's disgusting. But I am going to talk about some friendships Kim made right now uh, and these friends all testified against her. Well, actually, yeah, they all did. Just so you can kind of get a picture of who Kim was. So in 2008, this would be 2 years before Cherry disappeared and one year before she even met Cherry Mm -hmm. because she met Cherry in December of 2009. So she met this woman named Jill at baseball practice because she was all about appearances. So she had to make it look like she was a good mom, you know? Okay, so yeah, it was for her kids. I don't know why I thought she would be be playing baseball. No, no, no. Yeah, no, it was for her kids. Yeah. Um, And Jill said she like came off as just a super sweet single mom who's like having a hard time. And Jill um, was like wanted to help her. She just had this really charismatic way of coming off and Jill was like, oh my gosh, if I can ever watch your kids while you're at work or something, like let me know. I definitely want to help out. And Kim, of course, took her up on this and she started watching Kim's kids and Jill like realized her kids were terrified of her. Like one time one of them dropped a thermometer and it broke and the kid like flipped out and was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Please like just, I'm so sorry. And he was running around super scared. And she was like, don't even worry about it. He's like, no, you don't understand. My mom's going to like beat me. She's going to freak out. And Jill was like, no, we'll say I did it. Like, don't worry about it. And it was like pretty obvious something was wrong. And Jill like stayed in their lives, but not as closely because she kind of started to see how manipulative and awful Kim was, but she was wanted to keep an eye out on the kids. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like a hard situation to be in. And she actually got subpoenaed... Subpoen- how the heck do you say it? <laughs> subpoenaed. Sub- yeah, subpoenaed that. Yeah. Okay, she got that as well, but she told Kim, like, hey, don't worry about it, I'll... She was totally lying, by the way. She was like, don't worry about it. I'll, like, totally defend you and all this stuff. And then after that, she actually started sleeping with a gun next to her because she was so scared of Kim. Fair. Yeah. There was this other 
This is just wild. So there's this other person who she went to high school with and then they had a high school reunion like a few years before this. Mm-hmm. And they got back in contact through that kind of. Like the only time they hung out was during the high school reunion. Kim had stayed, her name's Susan. She had stayed the night at Susan's house the night beforehand. Besides that, they hadn't seen each other in 25 years. Wow, okay. But, so when all this starts going down, Kim, like, convinces Susan that her ex-husband is against her and, like, he's rich and Kim can't afford a good lawyer and all this stuff. And she asks Susan to go and take stuff from the house and also to change all the passwords of her social media and to also like delete voicemails on her phone what wait on kim's phone yes like she gives susan the password to like go into her voicemail and delete things why like get rid of evidence but why does even if susan does it that's not I don't know. I guess I sort of understand her logic of, I didn't delete the evidence. I think that's what, yeah, I think that's what it was. But come on, like... Oh, this was while Kim was in prison. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I think you skipped something. When did she end up in prison? For the child abuse case, she's in prison while it's going on. Got it. Okay. I am so sorry. Yeah. (laughs) So she's in prison right now. So she's in prison already. For the child abuse case. Got it. And But they're still investigating her. For the as murder. A, as a murder suspect. Yes. Got it. So she's in prison for the child abuse case. Her bail's set at like 500000 and she can't afford it. Who can? Damn. <laughs> so got it. So she, so she calls this woman who she saw one time in the last And convinces years. them yeah. to do this stuff. They and, do and they it. they agreed some, for some reason. Yeah. So they do it. And they end up being arrested for evidence tampering. I guess that was Kim's plan. What her plan was it's insane yeah, yeah. How did, what, what was she what could she have possibly said if someone we obviously haven't been out of high school for 25 years but if someone you knew from high school contacted you and was like hey go delete my voicemails if anybody like, contacted yeah. me and they're in prison and they're like yeah. hey can you do this i'd be like uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no yeah <laughs> sorry yeah so I want to know what she could have possibly said. Like, what see, what combination of words does it take to convince someone to go and tamper ev- with evidence? I have Like, maybe she called Susan because she realized... Well, first of all, she knew Susan was, like, far enough away from what's happening that Susan, like, wasn't completely aware. Right, okay. But, I mean... But still, wouldn't... Like, when you get that call... Oh, she did. She had to accept it from... Right. Yeah. So, wouldn't you be like, why are you in prison? Well, um, Kim had told her that it was because her ex-husband was, like, against her and he's rich and all that stuff. Got it. So, yeah. that's why she was saying all that stuff. But that, still, that he, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you like, yeah. if you go in and do this, like, this person is under investigation. Right. I don't know. I I wouldn't do it. Right. I, I, I don't know who would, but I guess... Susan. I guess some people would. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. guess the Susans of the world would. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, poor Susan. Yeah. Okay. She's... So Susan gets 
busted for for tampering with evidence yes and she ends up testifying against kim and giving like her own thing and i think she i could not find this anywhere and i googled the crap out of it but i'm pretty sure she was just released afterwards because she was did not know what she was doing yeah and she probably a plea deal yeah she did give a testimony about what she did and why Jeez, but okay got it okay so kim testifies that while she was driving cherry had a seizure and died and kim panicked because she realized this would look really bad against her so she goes and burns Cherry's body to get rid of the evidence. And that's what happened. And while by doing this, she's just trying to, I think, not get the death penalty. I see, yeah. Because it's Texas. Yep. But a bunch of people come out, doctors and her parents and everything, and they're like, the only time Cherry actually had any seizures was when she was on this medication called Welbutrin which is known to have this side effect. And she hasn't been on that medication in years, and she hasn't had a seizure since. Um, unfortunately, since Cherry's body was so badly burned, she like covered it up in gas and then lit, lit it on fire. Since it was so badly burned, the actual cause of death couldn't be identified. The medical examiner said there was signs of Okay, you're going to have to help me with this word, too. Asphyxiation. You got it. Okay, nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. But that also happens when a body is decomposing, so it could have been a sign of Mm. decomposition. Uh, So, but it ultimately didn't matter. Uh, Kim was sentenced to death in June of 2012. She tried to appeal that in 2017 and was denied, and... Nothing has really happened since. She's still alive. Thought she was sentenced to death. That takes forever. (laughs) Yeah, why? I don't know. This seems pretty clear cut. Yeah, well, it just takes a really long time to kill people. It just seems... Not not if you're Kim, apparently. Well, no, she's still alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, she killed somebody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, with this case, man. I thought it would be like a simple, clear-cut one. It went all over the place. That just... That seems... Like, I suppose on principle, I'm not really for the death penalty, but if you're a state that has it and, you know, you went through an appeal process, the evidence is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. What are you waiting for? Like, that seems that seems unnecessarily cruel to keep someone in prison and they know they're going to be sentenced to death at some point. Yes. I want... What do you think her last meal will be? Oh, yeah. You get to ask for a last yeah. meal, which seems Dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember um, there's there's a compilation of photos. For our listeners out there, I, I, I recommend you... Oh, of the last meals. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. Those are cool. Some of the last meals are pretty interesting. There was like some standard ones like ice cream or, or like fried chicken and waffles. One was like a single pea. What? Yeah, one, one guy asked for, like, a single pea. Huh. I wonder what that guy was like. Well. But, 
that is kind of fascinating. Yeah. It's like nice that we do that, but it juxtaposes this like. Oh my gosh, know. wait, I forgot a key piece of evidence. What? Um, so between Cherry's legs was the, the dairy oh, little yeah. creamer and the straw thing. Yeah. Kim's DNA was on the little creamer. Coincidence. <laughs> and then the sheet found in the washer was to like transport Cherry's body. So. How did Kim lift her? Kim, because Kim was a petite five woman, and then five, Cherry three, was a little bigger. Kim, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure, so, had like a hundred pounds on her. Yeah. So what they think happened was that Kim strangled her in the car, and then uh she never took her out of the car she like wrapped her in the sheet and then pulled her out with the sheet onto the ground where she burned her. okay still i mean for kim to win that fight that's still pretty well, i mean cherry was like she i don't know if she knew what was happening yeah like she's doesn't seem uh she seems like so uh, sweet and good-natured like i don't know if she would I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I suppose it, it didn't have to be asphyxiation, right? Mm-hmm. She could have even even been stabbed or something. Wait, yeah. How could it have been asphyxiation if she if there was blood all over the sheets? She must have been stabbed or shot. That's a good point. I never thought of that. Yeah. So, yeah. They did do a X-ray on her body to see if there was any like bullets inside and there's nothing which is interesting yeah i guess it probably was a knife because if it was a bullet if it's not in the body then it would have gone through and they would have seen so they would have found evidence of a bullet hitting Mm -hmm. something in that car yeah although i guess if it was going a low enough velocity you wouldn't necessarily think a random dent in the car and now I'm assuming her car was as messy as her home. So Oh, it was until that Saturday after Sherry went missing. So she went missing Friday night. Yeah. That Saturday, Sherry, for some reason, deep cleaned her car, like to the point where it's pristine. Before wait, wait, that. Wait, wait, Sherry deep cleaned Kim's car? No, I'm sorry. Kim deep cleaned her car. Got it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is Sunday. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So. Kim's car was usually super disgusting and you would have to like move garbage to sit in it. Mm-hmm. But the guy who had been mowing her lawn saw her on Saturday at a Burger King or something and he like popped his head in her window and he was like, wow, your car is so clean. Weird. So there she, we go. yeah, she cleaned it. I guess, yeah, it must have been a knife. That makes more sense to me because even if you're developmentally like a six-year-old, most creatures understand like I'm being killed right now. Or like it's even almost intrinsic. Like if somebody's like coming, you you do things without even thinking. Yeah. I mean, we we have reflexes and yeah, if if something's tightening around your neck, you instinctively go to grab it. Yeah. Just bite back. Yeah. And and she has such a large size advantage. I I don't think that would have been a fight Kim could have won without a weapon. And, and plus, yeah, just the blood on the sheets. That, that There's no way you're choked and then gushing blood. Yeah. So it, it must have been a knife. Well, if Kim calls you asking you to delete something, don't do it. If anybody calls you. Yeah. But, but if I call you, Danny, then, no. please, then please do it. Don't call me. 
<laughs> Especially on a police phone where it's being recorded. Like, come on. I'll use cryptic messages. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, remember that friend of ours, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> and like that stuff she asked somebody to do. Yeah. Wasn't that like weird? What if like you just did that? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be weird? Uh, how weird. Also, I'm in prison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unrelated to this, yeah. of course. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think... I think Kim... So she just like freaked out and like just... I don't know. Kim yeah. is a cold-blooded killer. Mm-hmm. To do this over not w- wanting to pay additional child support because you take such crappy care of your kids that they keep getting taken away. That's a messed up person. Yeah. Wow. I mean, hmm, somebody who would abuse their children's. Yeah, the way she was doing it, for sure. Super messed up. So. Oh, well. We can't even say, oh, well, at least she's dead, because she's not. (laughs) Well, I mean, at least she's in prison. It's not like she got a few years and was released or something. Yeah, that'd be crazy. It'd Mm -hmm. be like Canada or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, (laughs) but she's over 18, so. Yeah, there you go. Cherry, how did her parents react to hearing to finding this out? So her parents were are very religious, um, and they said that like their their what happened like happened for a reason, and she's with God now, and they they handled it really well, like as far as having that to fall back on, you know, religion. Yeah, that's hmm. It's good that they. Mm-hmm. can handle that well, but that seems a little bit too well. No, like, they, they had trouble with it for sure, but that's, like, this... God, okay. Yeah. The way you made it sound, I thought they were oh, like... Oh, they're like, eh. God has a plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, no, This must have happened for a good reason. Yeah, no, no. Okay, God, okay, yeah. yeah. So they came to accept it Yeah. by by relying on, on their faith mm-hmm. and, and trusting well, shoot. Danny, thanks for the cool story. I hope it all made sense. I don't know anymore. I mean, I got the ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like it went all over the place. I am it, so it, it sorry. Did. Well, thanks for listening. To our listeners, follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Follow us on whatever else we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Podbean counts our followers on Podbean. So, like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye.